Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm going to be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate all right so you're listening to this podcast right now london is blue and guess what we host our podcast on anchor.fm that's right if you're looking to host your own podcast this is the easiest free way to get started. This got a content creation tool allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right. Don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple podcast as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. Hi, this is Ruben Loftus-Cheek. This is William. I'm Mason Mount. You're listening to the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. Uh, My name is Brandon. Joining me, per usual, got Dan and Nick. Gentlemen, um, I'm going to need you to to pivot off our typical match review this season, and I'm going to need you to actually take a seat and get comfy, all right? This isn't the roller coaster of emotion we're used to, Nick, but if you want to go ahead and inject a little emotion into this one, please do, by all means. Yeah, it's it, it was an interesting, we were all in the in the group text, and we were kind of talking about how how comfortable the win was, Dan. You made breakfast I in made the middle breakfast. of second half. Yeah, I mean, it there wasn't really a threat going on, so I made some eggs. But um, yeah, Dan, it was uh, it was nice to be able to to kick back and relax during a, during a match. Well, you know, this is you know the the same scoreline as what we saw last year when we were over to see Nottingham Forest in the FA Cup against uh, against Chelsea at home two years in a row, a 2-2 win then, or 2-0 win then, a 2-0 win now. Uh, the only difference is we didn't have Morata up front this time. So, you know, that <laughs> that alone gave me more peace and confidence heading into this match. He will not be missed. Um, but just so we could get actual verification of what it was like having a, a comfortable seat in Stamford Bridge for a, a an easy 2-0 win, we brought Clayton Bierman back to the pod. Clayton, welcome Welcome back. Thanks for having me. Great to be back. Pleasure's all ours. Um, and obviously, like you said, you were at the match today, and it was, I was. it was temper. It was a temperate 
climate? It, it wasn't too bad? Very pleasant. Very pleasant afternoon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> as you say, it was... Um, uh, it wasn't completely devoid of the uh, the ups and downs the last two weeks because obviously there was the penalty shout and the offside goal, uh, but it was it was it was very comfortable um, and it was as you say it was unusual to 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 have a, an afternoon where I wasn't squirming or sort of desperately craning my neck trying <laughs> to head the ball in. Oh, gotta gotta love that. Well, it'll be great to have your perspective from inside the ground, but Nick. Today's theme. Yeah, the the theme of today's show uh, is Groundhog's Day, or as uh, as Yogi Berra would say, deja vu all over again. Um, it's crazy <laughs> that uh, this is, uh, you know, again, the same exact day that we were there last year. Same exact opponent, same exact score, uh, same exact <laughs> almost everything, except uh, we, we don't have a, a photo with Clayton this time or last time. So, um, that's kind of our, <laughs> that's kind of our faults, but, um, but yeah, kind of a crazy, uh, little coincidence there. So Groundhog's Day it is. All right. Well, in this episode, we are going to be covering Hudson Adoy's A-plus performance, Reese James rocking and rolling literally, and then maybe we'll touch on some of the, the missed opportunities today, maybe one particular about Mishi and, and kind of where his his future lies as now the January transfer window is open. But before we get into all of that, we do have some thank yous to the people who have earned them. Dan kicking it off with some Apple podcast reviews. Yeah, they just keep on coming. It's like the London bus proverb and statement that uh, I imagine Clayton is very familiar with. But more five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. We had Cheese Curls 41, <laughs> LJ Jones 12. We had Shane Holcomb 2005, and then Dean K 127, all with five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Really enjoyed the one, Nick, where LJ was saying that, you know, even these Americans actually talk some sense when talking <laughs> about football. That's always a nice little pat on the back. It only took that's six a, years. Yeah, that's a... <laughs> So we'd call a British compliment. Um, I, I also <laughs> love uh, the cheese curls for one. I need to rename <laughs> rename my uh, my Apple Podcast handle to cheese curls. That's fantastic. Well, you're going to obviously have to be uh, 42 because the That's original right. is taken. Uh, right. Patreon, welcome to the club, Matt, Benjamin, Matthew, and Eric. Uh, and well, shout out to Ben for actually upping. His, his amount that he gives us every single month. Uh, fantastic. Really appreciate that. And just really excited, obviously, to have more people in the Discord, uh, more people to game with on Xbox and our, and our um, you know, club that we have going on there. So thank you so much for the support. And then, Nick, this is uh, the first podcast, I believe, that we can record and say Chelsea DNA is rocking and rolling. It is healthy. It is alive. It's real. <laughs> it's real. Uh, re- really quick, back on Patreon. Badges should be here soon. So just had to note that in there. Um, DNA is live. Uh, we did the last time we recorded post Brighton, we did have the Bobby Tambling um, episode one out, which was fantastic. And Bobby was great. Since then, we have released two outstanding episodes, if I do say so myself. With, uh, with Mason Mount and Fakayo Tamori. Uh, those are both out in podcast form and the video interviews are up on YouTube. So go take a look at those and let us know how, how you found those. And then our last, you know, our, our part four of this ongoing series is going to be with Aaron Cuthbert of the women's team. That's going to come out 
uh, early this week as well. So I think we're looking at a, a Tuesday, January 7th release of that. These are all fantastic. Erin is is probably the funniest of all of all four of them. She's great. She has a dynamic personality. So uh, excited for that one to debut. Uh, like we said last time, uh, if you could share these out, if you could let us know how how we did, this is kind of a different approach to a podcast series than we've we've done before. And we uh, would love to kind of get your feedback so that we can uh, share that with the club because they gave us a, a really cool opportunity here. So. That's it. That's all. That's all there is. Yeah, Clayton, not to put you on the spot, um, but, but I guess but thoughts, thoughts and reactions to the DNA series, especially, I think, did you comment on the Bobby Tambling one? I can't remember for sure. No, I, I haven't. I, I, I haven't commented on any of them, but I, they're just great. I mean, it's really nice because I think you get so many sort of sound bites when you see players after games and you want to know what what they think, and I, I, you know, I like the the sort of the style of the interview. They they look comfortable with you guys, and um, yeah, no, they're good. I, I would recommend anybody to to download them and listen to them. They're they're a fantastic addition. Well done, guys. Oh, well, thank you so much. Obviously, I appreciate you pandering to my fishing for a compliment. You are a true <laughs> gentleman, Clayton. Yeah, well, you know, if it's the only way I can get on, then that's what I'll do. <laughs> <laughs> clearly you can get on anytime all right last reminder uh scarves we continue to get requests every single week they are dwindling twenty dollars for the united states twenty five dollars if you live outside the united states tweet at us get us in touch uh you pay via paypal so we will get and they're you the very good as well yeah they're, they're yeah, very soft one. and yeah. that's that's an that's an unsolicited compliment. That was. That, that was. No, I, <laughs> I, I like it. I like my scarf. Oh, very good. Well, I'm glad we're getting getting some stuff right after all these years. So uh, let's go ahead. Match review time. It was Nottingham Forest in the FA Cup. Clayton, as a supporter with more pedigree than us combined, <laughs> what context would you give for newer supporters about the importance of this competition? Obviously, I think cups have lost a little bit of value over the years, but especially with this being the 50th anniversary of the first FA Cup championship, um, what does it mean to you? Kind of give us your opinion and context on this. So when you say what context would it give for newer supporters, are you talking about my context or, or what am I? Yeah. How do yeah, you view okay. it? Because you've been All following right. How Chelsea. Do I, yeah. yeah. So basically, the although I was alive – um, I was barely compass mentis in when we won the league cup back in 65. So that's 1965 viewers, uh, listeners. <laughs> um, so the first time we ever won anything important in my lifetime is when we won the FA cup in 1970. And it's pretty difficult as a, a young kid to sort of convey how exciting that was. And when I was growing up, the FA Cup was a, a massive tournament. Um, I still love winning the FA Cup. I still love going to Wembley. Um, but for whatever reason, perhaps the growth of the Champions League, because the Premier League has got so much money, the the competition has just been watered down and watered down. And, you know, I'm going to an FA Cup game at one minute past two on a Sunday. Um, and I don't know if any of you guys were stupid enough to watch the Wolves-Manchester United game last night. You know, 5.30 kickoff on a Saturday 
and two teams that couldn't give a monkeys because they were both playing virtual reserve sides. So for me, it's a really important competition. I love the competition, but it is getting harder and harder each year to to actually get excited about it. I mean, if you're playing a, a lower team in the third round, it shouldn't really matter because you should have that that buzz. But it it's getting more and more difficult um, because it, even Nottingham Forest are resting players, and it's it's I think it's a great shame. And uh, and Manchester United put this into context. Manchester United were apparently resting players for their League Cup semi final on Tuesday, so it's it's obviously falling down the pecking order, which is a great shame. I was hoping one of you guys would react to that, so feel free. I was asleep. Yeah, you looked <laughs> like you were about to say something. So Sorry. I, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I think I think for me, Clayton, you know, having followed this competition for for quite some time now, even though not not as long as you have, and especially going last year, it feels like the third, fourth, and fifth rounds are still kind of a little muted. But you know, especially as we won the FA Cup two years ago, it, it really does pick up. You know, I would say as we, as you head into you know quarterfinal, semifinal, and and then the final. Do you think there's any way to kind of recreate, you know, what the magic of the FA Cup is in, in today's modern game? Or are there just not enough quality players because teams are so stretched between competitions? I'll tell you exactly. And it's quite easy and it's all down to money. If if the Premier League said the fourth Champions League spot goes to the FA Cup winners, the tournament would have some bite again. Mm. There's absolutely no doubt about that whatsoever. It, it, would, it would basically... It would mean that everybody would play their first team. Um, it might have a detrimental effect on the League Cup, but the League Cup was introduced for lower league teams to have a bit of glory. Um, and now it seems to be, because it's the first trophy you can win of the season, it now appears that that's got more kudos. But, I, you know, I don't. we as a club have never in all the time I've supported us, have never followed what's basically happened. So yes, today we had three or four players who weren't playing, but we don't disrespect the cup. I can guarantee you if we were playing a Manchester United or an Everton or a Liverpool, whatever, we would have put a strong side up because it's always meant a lot to, to Chelsea. Now, whether that's because there was such a dearth of trophies for so many years that we we would never sort of treat any tournament lightly. I don't know, but that that seems to be, to use your phrase, the DNA of the club. You know, it's like those guys were saying when you said, "What what's the DNA of the club? Winning." Oh, yeah. You know, and and that is that is a really modern phenomenon as far as Chelsea are concerned. All Especially right. when I was growing up, it wasn't winning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, you know. Obviously, we're at home at Stamford Bridge. Haven't had a great run this season at home. So, um, you know, Clayton, with the fact that you're playing, uh, you know, Nottingham Forest in the lower division, we haven't had a great home form. Um, what was the atmosphere like today in in the stadium? The atmosphere was okay. It, it wasn't it wasn't bad. I, I read a tweet, and I won't use the bad language, uh, but somebody tweeted, "Really looking forward to six thousand Nottingham Forest fans telling us what." awful supporters we are um they didn't use the word awful um <laughs> it, it's it's basically it, it it it's just the way it is now in modern football 
I'm afraid. Um, there was a good, there was a decent atmosphere that they were loud and, and I thought we, we gave as good as we got. But there were moments in the game where there was no noise because the football was soporific. And you can't sort of get excited about watching something which is which is very dull. Totally fair. I know that, that conversation of always, is it the player's responsibility or the fan's responsibility? I mean, it's it's a it's yeah. a relationship. It's you know it goes both ways. Well, well the, yeah. the the we are the shed guys actually put out a, a series of tweets, Clayton, saying that they're kind of working with the club on some of the atmospheric issues that that have kind of creeped in recently. Do you have any do you have any thoughts on that or, or how you know fans can improve the atmosphere? I I what they're going to basically say is that they're going to put. I, I don't I say what they're going to say. My perception is that what they're going to try and do is they're going to allocate an area of the ground where um, anybody who wants to sing and make a noise uh, is going to be seated. Now, you could argue that that already exists in the Matthew Harding lower. There's a little bit in the shed upper. Um, but it's... <sighs> It's, you know, from a sociological point of view, and you never thought you'd heard that word, phrase from me, it's basically, it's, it's uh, the, the, the ground is full of people like me, you know, of a certain age, um, who've been going to football for a long time, and my days of singing are behind me. I mean, you know, I will chant and I will support the club, but the days of sort of singing the whole way through don't exist anymore because it's people are disparate parts of the ground. So maybe it's that, you know, one way of, of making the atmosphere better is lowering the prices so you can get more young people in. That's not going to happen. Mm. You know, uh, that, that is, that will help. Um, there is no doubt that the younger people are more excited to be there. Um, not cynical like me. Um, and that that's, that's the way to do it. And, and it's it's going to be very difficult unless the club say, fine, we are going to make sure that under 21s get in for half price or, you know, so mm -hmm. that that's what you're looking at. Well, I can tell you, you still have an important role, Clayton. The perspective is key. But look, we've seen Stanford <laughs> Bridge get rocking as well. So it's not like it's a library as I other did clap stadiums. today. I, cl I clapped, a, you know, I clapped and I, you, you know, when the liquidator's on, I, I, I still give it, you know, give it large. I don't <laughs> doubt it. You know, tap, tap my cane. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, this scoreline was Chelsea to Forest nil. So let's go ahead and run through the goals. The first one in the sixth minute, Callum Hudson-Odoi. Let's listen to it back. It's nice from Chelsea. Hudson-Odoi with the first chance and he's taken it. And there's enough players in red shirts there to really deal with it. But the lack of closing down here, nobody gets to the ball. Look, they just let him check inside and get his shot away. You've got to come down there and try and stop that happening. All right, and the next one is Ross Barkley, of all people. Uh, heavy assist from Hudson-Odoi again. 33rd minute, let's listen to that. Callum Hudson-Odoi inside Ribeiro again. And Barkley will want to claim a second goal. And obviously, if you want to catch full highlights, uh, interview from Lampard before and after... All of these goals and everything else head to the Chelsea fifth stand app. That's where you're able, as listeners all around the world, to get the best content around these matches. So, lineup time. All right. I, I, I always like to get into this, but Dan, 
you're trying to throw me a curveball here, or is NFL playoff season an audible that there's yeah, something they, they, we need to get into before we even get to the lineups? What is going on? What's so yeah, special? This is, this is an audible because we have to talk about the kit. We have to talk Ooh. about this amazing kit. We did we did run a poll, Nick. Uh, scientific. scientific. <laughs> <laughs> uh, whether it's a one, two, three, or multiple fire emoji. Um, 87%, uh, almost 88 with the seven fire emoji. Uh, I, you know, just put it in words. Put this kit in words and, and how just wonderful it is. Yeah, I, I think... It looked a lot better on TV than than the mock-ups that we first saw a few weeks ago when we were, when we talked about it um, in that you know kind of uh, middle of the week episode. Um, the you know I think Clayton, you mentioned that the um, kind of silhouetted Nike Yokohama symbols didn't look um, didn't look nearly as as rough as they did in some of those mock-ups, and that the the big bold you know yellow numbers and the big thick stripped down the the shorts um those were all you know really really classy and i think it just it's received a lot of love from from every part of uh the uh the shirt uh, adoration world i guess yeah no the great thing as well is that there is um there's no names on the kits i was actually thinking as there were no names on the shirts um whether they they couldn't have done one to eleven but um uh, very uh, you know, yeah. yeah i think we, we've basically got to just be so grateful um that we've got a really lovely kit um that doesn't look like an advertising hoarding um and as i said uh earlier my good friend brandon goalkeepers union very disappointed that mr bonetti um and his kit was not reproduced now um I don't know because we were, I was trying to think about this. And I've re- I don't know the answer to this. So if, if any of your listeners know, I don't know whether the FA don't permit um, the keeper to wear, because when I was growing up, the keeper would always wear the same socks and shorts as the team. But I was trying to think about it and I don't think any goalkeeper does that anymore. I can't mm-hmm. think of any. I think they just wear one color now, don't they? Just, they seem to be, so maybe that's the reason why I don't know. Disappointing yeah. though. Well, look, they could have gone all green at least to make an attempt for it, right? Yeah. But um, it it was a miss. Obviously, I'm a very when it comes to to my what I wear is like the all black boots. I'm very traditional in that sense as well. So I would have eaten that up. Uh, look, I pulled the trigger. All right, I bought the kit. I put ten on the back, not for William, but just for nostalgia. I wanted two numbers. And, um, I also bought the jacket and so I just fire, I just, but I was suckered in on this like limited release, you know, people (laughs) in our discord were like, I went to buy it. It was out. Then they restocked, uh, seeing Yannick wear it. I'm excited. I'm really looking forward to this drop. I think it's super unique and special. Um, and like I said, being the 50th anniversary, what a time to, to do something like this. So credit to Nike and the club. Right, yeah. the sponsors. Absolutely, yeah. If if you want to bring back the magic of the FA Cup, every team should go retro for the tournament. Clayton, how about that? Ooh. Yeah, no, that that's another great shout actually. Because am I right in thinking? Money. Yeah, the the <laughs> NFL have a, a retro weekend, don't they? Yeah, mm-hmm. everybody wears their old kits. So yeah, I I I mean I, I do I wouldn't be at all surprised 
if that doesn't find its way to the Premier League in the next year or so. It's actually shocking that it hasn't, uh, to, to be honest with you. Like the NBA and the NFL have done, I think, kind of pioneering on the alternate, you know, kind of uniform uh, culture in, in the States. And NBA teams now, Dan, have like a hundred different uniforms that they wear. Um, but yeah, I think I think the culture with with European soccer should kind of trend that way because it's it's awesome. Well, yeah. I enjoyed watching Arsenal, Liverpool, Tottenham, and many other supporters say, "Yeah, I hate Chelsea." Dot dot dot. But this kid but. is amazing. Yeah. So you know, just the the pride of London. London is blue, and you know people love our kit too. All right. Well, am I uh, sorry to just jump in there? Am I right in thinking? I don't know if you remember this. No reason why you should. But at the beginning of the season, I think in the Community Shield, Manchester City wore yep. an old yep. style seventies kit, yeah. which was absolutely yeah. beautiful. And I was watching the game, and I was thinking, there's something not quite right here. And I could, it took me absolutely ages to work out <laughs> what it was. And 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 that, as far as I can see, was just a one off. Yeah. which would have driven their supporters mad because that absolutely beautiful kit. Especially with their ugly, ugly away kit this year. Oh. Oh. letter. Yeah. yeah. Um, great. Let's hope that's a start of something. But as much as we are fashion icons and could talk all day about <laughs> kits and things, nope. Uh, let's go ahead and roll into the lineup so we can get into the actual match. So, Dan, you're back up with a lineup time. Yeah, well, Brandon Busby's favorite Chelsea goalkeeper, Willie Caballero in between the <laughs> sticks. Reese James, Andreas Christensen, Fakao Tomori, and Emerson made up the back four. Ross Barkley, Jorginho, and Mateo Kovacic as a midfield three. Right behind Calum Hudson-Odoi, Mishi Batchwai, and Pedro. We had substitutes available of Rudiger, William, Olivier Giroud, Jamie Cumming, and Cesar Aspilicueta, who did not have to be used. But uh, Tariq Lempity and Mason Mount both made appearances off the bench. And I think in general, Nick, I thought this was a little bit more of a stronger lineup than maybe some had assumed. You know, no uh, Mark Gurhey, no, you know, no Billy Gilmore, uh, no Matson. So, I mean, definitely some players that maybe had, you know, had seen some opportunities with the, the League Cup as an opportunity to, to get a run in the first team just weren't available or not kind of considered. Yeah, that you would have, uh, at least I would have guessed that this was going to be a, a heavy, heavy rotation. And, and there was some, to be fair. I mean, obviously the front three get rotated. Barkley comes in. But, you know, outside of, of those guys and Willie, maybe a little uh, Christensen action, Clayton, this was a pretty strong lineup for an admittedly uh, weakened Forest side who made a ton of changes. Yeah, I, I was saying to um, to Dan before the game, I was actually a little bit nervous about today because I actually thought, I mean, Forest have been on quite good form and um, our home form has not been good. And I thought there would be a lot more changes and I thought there'd be a lot more kids on the bench. Um, but I think that the, this for me, says that Frank's very, very keen uh, to do well in this competition because that the team, for me, took absolutely no chances at all. Do you, do you agree, Brandon? Yeah. I, you know, looking at it, especially with such a strong midfield, you know, midfield is, is you, do, you live and die if you can control the midfield. So having Jorginho and Kovacic in there, um, that kind of allowed Barkley to be a bit of a passenger today, which he was. Um, but you're right. Like, no Gurhi. 
you know, Matson, you know, Pedro, wildly experienced, you know, Mishi has enough experience in there. So it was good to see Tamori coming off injury, getting some minutes. Emerson, these are all, these are all minus Willie Caballero. Like these are people that if they played in the Premier League in a normal match, you wouldn't be surprised. Maybe Ross Barkley based on recent form, but overall, like in a very experienced side. And so it led to the stats being 17 shots for Chelsea to force two, five on target to their one, 76% possession. Okay, pass accuracy of 91%. We fouled them 13 times, though, getting stuck in <laughs> to their nine. And we had four offsides, just always, always playing on the edge. And then that's that's about as comprehensive of a stat line that you can get. And then as we get into the actual match, what it led to and how we got to that point was, oi, 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 hudson Adoy, just flash in a pan today, absolutely taking all the space and running with it without any pressure, uh, a, a shadow of a defender today. And it was a great start. Like I said, you know, Dan, six minutes, he gets his goal. This is just a big statement opportunity for him because last time he started wasn't great. He showed better when he came on as a sub. This was his chance to really, from the start, make an impact in this one. And he did, didn't he? Well, I mean, anytime you can get a goal and assist in a match, I would say that you've impacted it appropriately. Look, I think when we talk about Callum, there's been this asterisk next to all of his performances this season, trying to add the context of his injury, building himself back into fitness, and starting to build some of a rhythm. And if you're looking for a springboard opportunity for, for Callum at this point in his career and this point in his season, Nick, I, I can't think of a better place to build off of, knowing that you know, he we need to rotate, knowing that we're going to have a lot of very, very important matches coming up, that this might be the right type of performance where he was able to run at individuals, he was able to pull people out of position. He was able to distribute the ball extremely well. You know, Pedro should have gotten a goal for him off of the other assisted ball they played in. Like this, it was very, very well-rounded, maybe some minor opportunities, but overall I was, I was very pleased with what I saw. Yeah. I, I think I look at his performance and, you know, we'll get to restreams in a second, but it just screamed aggression. You know, they, you know, from the first minute we're, we're at it, they looked confident, they looked um, dynamic. You know, obviously he uh, has developed this little cutback shot with his left foot that I, you know, I wasn't sure if he had. He kind of squibbed a few of those last year. This was a, a laser into the bottom corner. Um, his, his crossing ability with his right foot uh, has improved greatly as well. And so, you know, you kind of are seeing some of those balls going, Clayton. This was a really, really good performance from Hudson Adoy and something, you know, that was that was needed after his last couple of outings. Yeah, I mean, uh, you make a good point about the asterisks. Um, the sort of people making excuses for him, but I think they 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 are justifiable excuses. I mean, I I've never had an Achilles injury. But all the people that have had Achilles injuries and all the people that know about these things say that you are scared to stretch yourself and basically commit yourself to do what you would normally do because you're because you're worried about it's going to happen again. Um, I thought that against Southampton, which was what you alluded to previously, 
he stunk the place out, but he 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 was equal with the other ten people that also stunk the place out. So <laughs> I don't, I don't, you know, it, the crowd got on his back, which was absolutely disgraceful. But they, you know, they were singing his name today, which you know, two weeks down the line, how how fickle can you be? He played very well today. His link up play with Reese, as you say, which we talk about, was just outstanding. And I and I just basically, you can't help but think. Brandon, this is the future. This this is where we're going, and you know, hopefully, these two guys are going to be linking up together for the next, I don't know, how many years. Right. I just pulled up a tweet from, um, oh, was it Care Carefree Youth? Yeah. So he has um, at Carefree Youth was saying Reese James turned twenty last month. Callum Hudson Adoy nineteen the month before. Exciting times ahead. Fire emoji. <laughs> Like I, that's crazy to me. I forgot Callum is younger than Reese. Younger, yeah. right? And Cundy and Ben were talking about it at post match on the fifth stand app about how much Callum has been. He's he's nineteen still. Like he's already made his full England international debut. He's been on Chelsea's first team, goals, assists, like won countless youth trophies and things like that. And he's still so young. And he's coming off that massive injury. Uh, but by the numbers today from our buddy Newman at Nami Footy uh, on Twitter saying one goal, five chances created, 90% pass accuracy, two out of three long passes completed, shot accuracy 100%, dribble success five out of five, ground duels won eight out of 13, crossing accuracy 50%. Again, just to be to be fair though, so much time and space. No one was closing down out wide. But it doesn't matter. He still delivered and made an impact to the point where even Lampard had to discuss it post-match, Dan. Yeah, Lampard described Hudson Doy's performance as a good one with a good strike for the first goal. The challenge now is can he match it the next time he plays? So it's, it, it is kind of the springboard moment. It's about consistency. It's about being able to do this with repetition. And that ultimately will help bring Callum the success he's looking for. And I think there were a couple times that Maybe he got played off the ball a little bit, so I think he's still kind of developing some of that comfort. I'd like to see him uh, win a few more of those those duels that he's kind of taking on the ground. I think you know he's also drawing a lot of attention, which you know I think is something that Hazard found in his time in, in London that you ultimately are going to get played pretty hard if you're making people miss mm-hmm. and making people get game you know defenders frustrated. So uh, I think those are the things that we'll want to keep an eye on for Callum over the next couple matches. You yeah. got to love the opted Joe tweet. Number 11, Callum Hudson-Odoi has been directly involved in 11 goals in his 13 starts at Stamford Bridge for Chelsea in all competitions, scoring five and assisting six. Not everyone's had a great home, you know, home form <laughs> run this season, but it's great to see him doing it, whether it's against lower opposition or not. Um, and it, he's a confidence player. So the more success he has, we're going to see his ceiling, uh, or we're going to see him kind of hit his peak and his potential sooner and sooner, which is amazing. So, uh, huge round of applause for Calm. Deserves it. We are going to take a really quick break. A huge thank you to the sponsor for supporting us financially. Uh, we are going to go ahead and talk about Reese James. We're going to talk about Mishi. Maybe some other people didn't have a great day when we get back. All right. Another standout performance today was Chelsea's new just tank of a right back. Reese, Rolls-Royce, James, so smooth out there. And again, another player that had to work his way back from injury. He looks great. He looked 
sharp, Nick. He looked ready to go. He looked up for it. Um, probably because he's like, look, I rolled the competition, the championship last season. No big deal. We got this. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that was that was uh, equally um, a contribution to this overall performance. But I, you know, he was exceptional today. Um, if if not for you know Cal getting a goal and an assist, he he was he's probably still my man of the match, honestly, which I know is ludicrous, but uh, he was just fantastic. He was up and down. He was getting stuck in Clayton. Uh, his crosses, if anybody could find them, uh, would you know those would have all been goals. Um, he was he was just tremendous, and I think deserves a lot of credit. Yeah, I, I mean, every time you see him, he just gets better and better. I, th- I think we have to sort of temper everything with with who we were playing against mm-hmm. today. Um, but the bottom line is, you know, they were still running at us. They were still giving us a challenge. But he he was. Um, he just looks in control. He, the, the thing I like about him is he never looks flustered. He always looks like he is in control of what's happening. Um, and following on from his rather interesting challenge, but fair challenge, um, against Brighton, he, people just bounce off of him. I, I think it's going to take a while for people to realize that you don't mess with him um, because he, there's only one winner. He looks, I, I, I don't know, Brandon. <laughs> Do you think he's going to um, unseat Mr. Asbilicueta before the end of the season? I have to steal Nick's point on this, is that he's not going to unseat Aspie. Emerson and Alonzo have unseated themselves, therefore Aspie goes to left back. <laughs> so it's it, it indirectly clears the way for Reese to get minutes and get a run. And obviously he has to stay healthy. But what I noticed today was we all know Reese is pretty quiet and doesn't really get involved in in things, especially in the play. When he got his caution, he looked so disgusted, had no problem talking to the referee. I feel like he's really feeling like he belongs out there and feeling like he knows enough about how to be in the first team that he's starting to kind of open up in that sense. And so I really just enjoyed seeing kind of a, I feel like a, a maturity start to come from him as well in that position. Um, but like, again, his confidence, like who is in the right mind is trying to touch and go around Reese. Like it doesn't take much film to, to realize that you're, you've lost that before you've even started in that situation. And like you said, his ability to, you know, challenge airily and on the ground, you just can't get around him. He's so strong. And when you combine that with the speed he has, I mean, we're talking like, Kyle Walker-esque from a physical talent standpoint. And we've seen his ceiling and how great he's been. And again, his crossing today, Nick, anyone else, anyone else, you know, and uh, it would, he would have, he would have had a hat trick of assists. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the, you know, I'll, I'll let Dan jump in here in a sec, but the, the crossing every time on the ESPN us coverage that he would cross the ball, the announcers were all over it today. They they thought that he was um, God's gift to crossing. They uh, they highlighted him at every chance. Dan, it was uh, it was pretty special. We just again we need someone to catch on to the end of these. Uh, you could have put a stationary object in the middle of the box, and he would have pinged it off of it for a goal if uh, the person just could have been in the right location. <laughs> 
what what I will say as kind of the caveat, and I, I think we did this for Callum and Clayton highlighted, but a we have to, we do take into account the opposition because I think a couple of the things that Reese will continue to work on is he he can go in I think very aggressively to win the ball back. You know he does not want to you know he wants to regain possession. I think there were a few times where they were able to to turn him. And, you know, kind of then force him to kind of catch back up and against better opposition, he'll have to play maybe a little bit differently or think differently about his game because all these stats, right, 100% of tackles, seven duels, 100% of headers, complete 100% of his clearances, 93% passing accuracy, three key passes, two big chances, 100% of dribbles, like all that's great. Some of it's more attacking focused than defense focused and I mean, there are going to be games where we ask a little bit more of that element of his game. So I think that's the one area, uh, Clayton, where maybe he has the, that kind of still that little room to grow. Yeah, there were a couple of a couple of um, things that happened today where he gave the ball away and had to go chasing back after it. But <clears throat> come back to this time and time again. This season is all about growing. This season is all about learning, and that will that will leave his game because he he is learning on the job. You know, um, I was talking to somebody about the Abrahams situation against Brighton, where he could have played Willie or should have played William in and decided to shoot. You know, that's going to happen. It cost us, but that's what this season's about. Next season, he'll make a better decision. So, you know, as far as I'm concerned, Nick, that, that that's that's acceptable. I, I'm I'm happy for these kids to make mistakes this year. I really am. Um, if they keep making the same mistakes, then they're not good enough. But you know, these guys are going to make mistakes, and I'm not happy, but I, I'm willing to accept that this year. Definitely. I mean, this is a real uh, kind of proving ground right now. You know, this competition in particular could be a really you know big proving ground for some of these guys. Um, especially as we kind of march on um, in the FA Cup. But uh, to me, Reese played a comprehensive game today, got, you know, got a little aggressive at times. But, you know, if you're able to see that type of performance consistently in the Premier League through the end of the year into next year, you'll know we have something really special in our hands. There were there were some, you know, there were some people on Twitter who were saying, you know, for all the praise that Alexander Arnold has has received for Liverpool that there's no reason that Reese couldn't, you know, reach that level or, or even above just given his physicality and his, his knack for defending. So uh, I think he's branded one with a ton of uh, potential, but he's going to have to capitalize on that and, and take the most of his, uh, of his opportunities. Right. I mean, look, he played midfield a lot last season at Wigan too. So he had to keep that in mind as well. Mm-hmm. To, to Clayton's point though, about it is Forrest, you have to say that there were some guys that, looked comfortable playing against that level. And that's important because, unfortunately, not everyone looked comfortable playing against this Nottingham Forest side. And I think the obvious one is just Mishi didn't have a great day. It should have been a good opportunity for him to gain some confidence. He'd been scoring against the lower-level opposition when we had chances. You know, he had some good off the bench appearances in the Champions League and in the Premier League, and it just didn't happen today whatsoever. And that's a concern because the expectation is that you should be head and shoulders above. And little things didn't go for Mishi. Wasn't in the right place in the box. His timing was off. 
we'd play a ball into his, you know, to for him to hold it up. And he just lets the defender step in front of him and, and pick it off. They just, to me, Clayton, there's just a lot of little things that you would have expected Mishi, who's the number two at Belgium, who are the number one team in the world, you just would have expected to see out of him today. And for whatever reason, it just, it didn't, didn't come off as great. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's unusual because when Michi normally steps in against the lower league sides, he normally scores one, two goals, and he's definitely had a hat-trick of chances that he should have scored. But I will ask this question because I don't know the answer. When was the last time Michi played? Uh, you know, the, the simple fact of the matter is that you cannot expect people to be at their best. You know, we're not talking about world-class players unfortunately and I don't mean to be harsh but you know if a Paul Pogba comes in after being a month out or six weeks you'll still expect him to to perform I don't actually think I, I think Mitchie is somebody that needs to play and he played every week at Palace and and played very well from what I hear but you know, he he was he was he was poor today, but I I think you know in his defence, to just come in and know that you're a bit part player and know that you're going to play for um, a game, and then just be dumped again, Nick. I, I I think it must be really difficult. Well, yeah, and add on top of that all the the uh, exit rumours and the and the loan room movers uh, or move rumours that are are happening. Um, I, I think it would be a really difficult headspace for him to be in. Um, I think the point I would make on his performance is he he didn't really even hold the ball up today. No. You know, you can, you can look at the the missed opportunities, but he didn't really get other people involved in the play. And that's you know, for better or for worse, that's how our forward should play. Um, you know, not not that you have to be completely back against the goal every time, Dan, but. Uh, you know, he didn't he didn't really get involved in the passing game. And then, you know, for Reese to whip in a few really excellent crosses for him to capitalize on, uh, you know, it just it didn't go off for him. And I, I don't know why. Well, I think the comment about playing time is a substantial one. You think about the fact that this was his first 90 minutes in an extremely long period of time, I mean, 10 minutes versus Tottenham in relief. 12 minutes versus Bournemouth and, and our loss there. Uh, 18 minutes when we played Lille, 2-1. 8 minutes versus Everton, 8 minutes versus Villa, 45 minutes versus Valencia. It's not been any type of you know rhythm to his performance other than when Tammy needs a break. And it's great that Tammy has come alive this season. I don't imagine Mishi loving this arrangement. I think he's someone who wants to play and when he came you know from from Lagoon over to to Chelsea and the play in the Premier League was a was a big opportunity for him I just uh you know if Villa or if Palace or if someone was watching and you know had been considering putting an offer for Mishi off of this game they probably would maybe rethink their consideration because he just really I think struggled overall Brandon and yeah it might be down to kind of rhythm it might be down to his lack of opportunity but you also have to do well with the cameo appearances that you're provided and if you were able to maybe offer something in terms of the way he distributed or though you know maybe put himself in some better positions you felt like he would have you know converted 
I, I don't know. I, I just it, it's the most unmishy like performance for someone who's kind of come in and had some pretty, you know, Herculean performances on minimal opportunity previously. Yeah, you know, it, he missed three big chances, had three shots off target, none on target. Just not a great day for a striker. And with the striker position being under a huge amount of scrutiny right now, because we all know Chelsea, we need to be able to score against the bottom half of the table when they pack 10 behind the ball. And we need someone who's going to be clinical when we only get maybe one or two chances in a match. And Frank's looking at this. He said in the, it was his post-match, he was talking about, we haven't scored in some 50 chances at home in, in the Premier League this season. Like that is an area you can be guaranteed he's looking to reinforce. And unfortunately, if he would have done this in September versus January 5th, it would be different. But the window's open. Frank's going to look at it. So speaking of window, uh, just real quick to touch on uh, Pedro coming off today. He looked sad. He looked a bit upset that he was coming off. Um Obviously, Giroud, another unused substitute, which you think this would have been every chance for him to come in and relieve Mishi, but he didn't. So I'm assuming it's probably safe to say we won't be seeing them in a Chelsea kit again. I would doubt it. Um, Pedro coming off today, Clayton, remind me of Sesk in the same game last year, kind of giving his farewells, um, which was a much kind of a different day and, and maybe a little bit more emotional. Um, but, uh, you know, it just, it doesn't seem as if Pedro is going to be able to, to cut it this year, huh? Yeah, no, I mean, I was on my feet and I sort of applauded him every step of the way because I think this was goodbye. Um, and I obviously where I sit, you can't see that he looks sad, but he, he, he sort of trudged off and, um, I was a bit surprised actually that he didn't react to the crowd until he was just sort of, you know, coming off. Um, because it was, I think the crowd all appreciated that because there's no way that I would have stood and applauded him off after his performance today, which was basically another one of his Pedro tribute act performances because it, he, he, he just basically didn't contribute at all. Um, and if Frank did that so that he could say goodbye, um, then good on him. Uh, I don't know where Christian was, but I would have much rather have seen Christian um, playing today. But um, yeah, and as for Giroud, I suspect that Giroud's off and they don't want to get him injured slash cup tied, although I'd be surprised if we sold him to another English club unless we were getting somebody uh, on the way back. Um, so, Dan, I, I, I don't know. I, what, do you, what do you think? Yeah, I think it makes sense that Giroud is moving on, wants to you know, be the top striker for France ahead of the Euros. He needs time to play, and you know, there's not really a path for him. If, if Mishi's only getting 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there, Giroud is not going to get any opportunity, especially if unless something catastrophic happens to Tammy. And at that point, we should be really concerned because that will totally you know, just tank our entire quest for top four in European football if Tammy Abraham is out of this side for any extended period of time. So uh, knock on, on wood or whatever is around you. Um, and then Pedro, I mean, what, what a great run he's had with us. You know, I think for, you know, 31 million pounds, you know, got him out of going to Manchester United, has scored some pretty exceptional goals for us and had a chance to lift some trophies with us too. So, you know, if he does go, I think it's on a high and as a consummate professional. And I mean, you 
can't ask for more than that. And, you know, if you have Christian starting to excel, if you have Callum starting to return to form, you have William who is proving to be just the you know, man of longevity for our club in terms of his performances, then you're, you're losing the space essentially for offering someone like Pedro maybe the minutes or opportunity he's looking for. So right. I can't blame him. I mean, there. look, he was never going to win the Europa League with Barcelona. So obviously credit <laughs> to him for coming to Chelsea for an opportunity. God. Hey, he got the Premier League in that fake cup. I know, I know. I'm just messing around. All right, Dan, let's go ahead and wrap up this episode with your Dan of the Match poll, which surprised me at how close this was. Well, we we did include Hudson Adoy and Reese James, who we talked about ad nauseum today. Also, threw a little bit of a shout in there for VAR, getting some calls correct, uh, you know, after human error in terms of offside. (laughs) Um,. But yeah, and then also right in, and uh, not many kind of threw anybody in there. But Hudson Adoy, 46.5% of the vote. Reese James, 40.8%. VAR with 11.9%, and then right in with a inconsequential number. So, uh, yeah. Shout out to VAR, though, Nick. You know, did it right today. Yeah. Um, took him long enough both times, Clayton. Uh, just a casual, like, eight minutes added on, probably. Well, and you didn't even get a watch. So they, like, showed us them like measuring it out and lining it up on the TV. I think you should go back if you get a chance on match the day or something, check it out. It was really interesting. I hadn't seen that before. Oh, what where they actually it looks like a mathematical mm-hmm. thing. They, yeah. yeah, they show that all the time here. So I I mean I obviously in the ground and this is one of the the major bugbears with VAR apart from the fact that it's actually killing the game. Um <laughs> is the fact that when you're in the ground, you don't you haven't got a clue what's going on. Um, the penalty is down the other end, so I couldn't really see what was what, but I, I understand that the goal was disallowed because the guy was offside. Um, marginally. Marginally offside. Was, did, did Tamori, it looked, it looked a penalty. I mean, did Tamori clip him? It would have been really soft. Yeah. I mean, it was like a shoulder to shoulder coming together and him being a younger kid just kind of went down underneath it where Tamori playing in the Premier League week in, week out, he would have, expected someone to crumble so so quickly okay but no i mean that the, i i was slightly concerned about the second one because basically you normally know when a decision is given on the pitch if if it if there's agreement then it normally takes 30 seconds but they were actually taking a fair bit of time with this and i i thought that forest were actually going to get the goal but um no, I mean, we, you know, we for once it, it worked in our favor. But, I mean, the sooner they get rid of it, the better. Mm, yeah, definitely a lot. A lot to still be figured out. And scrapping it should definitely stay on the table. So, uh, as, as it stands, though, upon recording on Sunday, we don't have the draw. But I'm sure by the time you're listening to this, the draw will have been announced. It'll be done. Um, there's still a lot of replays left. So, it could be... You're playing Team A or B. We'll have to see. I mean, well, that's that's the beauty of it, right? Is United, Spurs, and Wolves all below us in the table all have to go to replay now, mm-hmm. um, which they won't want to do. Clayton, this is a kind of a nice, uh, nice relaxing win for Chelsea, and another kind of stressful draw for all three of those teams. Yeah, no, it's good. I mean, the more they play, the more knackered they get. That's obviously got to be good for us. Yeah, and then, I mean, for you, it's just best-case scenario, home draw again? Oh, completely, yeah, and against somebody rubbish. I mean, I've, I've got no sort of romance about playing a big game. 
Um, I'm happy to play a rubbish team all the way to the final, which is what Arsenal did a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, I mean, sometimes it's nice to have a nice away trip, um, but winning and, and sort of getting the momentum and, and getting us winning at home again. I mean, that that's one of the big bonuses of today yeah. is the fact that we actually won at home. Oh, so, so true. It's so important. Um, and it's just been a little weird, the teams we've lost to and at home or drop points. So a uh, step in the right direction. But anyways, that'll wrap it up. Clayton, thank you so much for... Absolute pleasure. Hanging out. You went to the match, traveled home, and then got online with us. So a hero's hero's effort. Thank you. Absolutely. And I I managed to get dinner in 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 between all of that. I know that you guys are just about to have lunch now, aren't you? Or or breakfast or whatever. (laughs) Dan. (laughs) Well, here's the here's the thing. I think I I think I messed up on my man of the match poll because I should have had Clayton in there for his his efforts to to make all that happen. It's such a short time frame. Your man of the match poll was considerably better than the clubs because did you see who was in the clubs poll? Yeah, Jorginho. I think they also Jorginho and Barkley. Pedro was in it. Yeah. Wow. An ultimate salute, apparently. They clearly know something we don't. Yeah. Um, all right. But yeah, thank you. Thank you so much again. Um, obviously, uh, always a pleasure to have you. Appreciate the insight from inside the ground. Take care of yourself. Be well. Uh, and to all of our listeners out there, thank you so much for listening. As always, we really do appreciate it. Uh, but until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.